Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. He koonai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Welcome to another episode of Crimes NZ. I'm Jesse Mulligan, and a warning first up that this episode deals with child abuse, so listener discretion is advised. Coming right at the very end of a very long trial, that was the very dramatic you know, evidence on the last day that I think really swayed the jury into the interesting verdicts that they gave. In 1991, two-year-old Delcelia Whitaker was killed in what the presiding judge described as one of the most disturbing cases of child abuse to come before the High Court. In this episode, former North and South journalist David McLaughlin tells Karen Hay about covering the case. Well, at the time during the 1990s, I had you know, very young children of my own and working as a journalist, I you know, had quite an interest in, in ch- children's welfare. I analysed a number of the, quite a number of the deaths year by year of young children. There were about eight a year, consistently year after year, of children dying in the care of, um, you know, in their, in their family household. But in almost every case, the death was caused by a person who was not the natural parent. It was mainly um, a new man who'd come into a woman's life where she... Um, you know, was living in you know, relatively straightened circumstances and so on and would take in, you know, form a relationship with people who were not particularly loving of her own child and um, a lot of cases, you know, violently abused the child and about eight times a year killed them. Um, in the case of um, Dulcelia, she, she, was, she stood out as one where the natural mother was involved in the mistreatment of her, as well as, you know, the um, Eddie Smith, who was Tanya Whitaker's new partner. He, he wasn't Dalcelia's natural father, but, but Tanya was, was her mother. Well, let's go back to the start when Dalcelia was born. What were her mother's circumstances? Tanya was um, 19 years old, um, not hugely educated at the time. She was in, in Northland. Um, she enjoyed partying. Um, uh, she met a even younger man, um, Peter Laffer Alley, who was seventeen in a in a sort of an entertainment, a video par- parlour in Northland, and formed a relationship with him and got pregnant. Dalcelia then was born. They they were both quite young. They weren't prepared for a baby. They lived with Tanya's older sister Aroha, and Aroha um, came to be sort of a mother figure for the young baby. Aroha then later had a child of her own and couldn't look after Dalcelia all the time, so Dalcelia was passed from, you know, sort of family member to family member and occasionally back to um, Tanya, who by this stage had moved down to South Auckland, Humangari, and had met Eddie Smith um, and formed a relationship with him. And so from time to time, Dalcelia would come and stay with Tanya and Eddie. Now, those two then um, went on and had another child together, so they had one of their own, and as well as Dalcelia. 
Remember, Dalsili was very, very young. She would come and stay with them. Other family members would be concerned about the state Dalsili who was in, you know, sort of bruising or not having nappies changed and things like that. And they, they would take Dalsilia for a while, you know, sometimes a month at a time or more. And then she'd go back to um, Tanya and Eddie. So she was, you know, a poor little thing being passed from, you know, one sort of person to another quite a bit of the time, as well as living with her with, with her mother. So skipping forward to the night that the police were called, Tanya rang the police. Yes, she she and Eddie had gone out to a party that afternoon and they returned in the evening and Dalsilia was lying dead on the bed. Um, Tanya, this was the days before mobile phones, and so Tanya went down to a, um, I think it was a video shop, and called the police from there and just... Um, reported, I think, the, no, the recording of the 111 call showed a very matter-of-fact way that, um, you know, I've come home and found my child dead and can I have an ambulance, please? And an ambulance officer came and um, found Dalcelia, um, you know, dead, um, but in, you know, in very, very poor condition and, and, and called the police, who then, then came too. She had been home alone and she was how old? Two. Yeah, she was too. Um, it was interesting. Um, Tanya and Eddie took their joint child with them to the party, but left Dalcelia at home. Uh, Dalcelia would have been, you know, too ill to have gone um, with gone anywhere really. Um, the, 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 a lot of the court case against both of both Eddie and Tanya was about the, you know, failure. Um, to get help for Dalcelia. She had you know, a number of injuries and um, really was too ill to be moved. She couldn't have gone to the party with them. And so, um, you know, Tanya and Eddie went to the party. They were there for a few hours and came back and she was dead by then. And in court, uh, how did uh, Whitaker justify leaving Dalcelia at home at that age or any age as a child? I don't think that she, you know, particularly justified it. Um, Dalcelia had been passed, as I'd said, from one family member to another for most of her two years of life. And this was one of the short occasions, although I think about the longest, that she had been living with Tanya and Eddie. And, um, you know, they, they just went to a party. It was what they did. Um, you know, they enjoyed partying. Um, Tanya kept a very... Um, detailed and, and very lucid and well-written diary, which I, at the time, read from cover to cover. And it was clear from reading her diary that she, you know, she liked partying, and, and a lot of the diary was about the, the, the partying that she and Eddie went out to. You know, one of her favourite phrases was, it's time for party-hearty. And so this was just another of the many parties that they went to. How long did the, the court case last? The court case went for, um, I think, from memory, about five weeks. It's a, a very long time and to sit through because the evidence in this case is a, a bit harrowing to get into, and especially in any detail at all, but can you sum it up for us? Yes, the, there were charges against both Tanya and Eddie. They were both charged with the murder of Dalcelia, the manslaughter of Dalcelia, and um, the neglect of Dalcelia and the failure, what they called failure to provide the necessities of life, you know, charges associated with not getting help for a 
very ill and badly injured child. Um, initially, the police weren't going to charge um, Tanya with, um, with, with murder or manslaughter. They had assumed that Eddie was responsible for the injuries that had caused um, Delcilia's death. But a- a- as they investigated it, they you know, discovered you know, that there were injuries on Delcilia that were consistent with having been made by a woman. And um, Tanya herself admitted to um, you know, mistreating um, Delcilia and not, not, treating, not treating her for the injuries she had. And Tanya's own diary then had quite a number of quite graphic quotes where it said, um, you know, I hit Del C very badly today and I really must stop hitting Del C, which made it quite clear that, um, you know, to the um, prosecution that she'd been involved in the, 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 the injuries as well. So the charges against her were stepped up to um, manslaughter and murder as well. So the diary was used as evidence, obviously. Yes, it was you know, quite an important piece of evidence in the in, in the court case. Initially, Tanya was going to give evidence against Eddie, um, and she still went on to do that because it emerged that Del Celia had also been sexually abused fairly consistently. I don't think they formed that formed part of the charges that came up in court actually in the end. But um, Tanya was quite angry about that and was going to be a witness against Eddie, but the. Um, the prosecution decided to charge Tanya with the more serious crimes as well, just because of you know the evidence that she'd partaken in the you know the mistreatment of Delcilia. But in the court itself, Tanya and Eddie had separate lawyers, and the basic evidence was that um, Tanya, through her lawyer, blamed Eddie for all of the mis- mistreatment that led to Delcilia's death, and Eddie, through his lawyer blamed um, Tanya for it all and so they you know, consistently blamed each other but took, um, ne- neither accepted that they were responsible. How, how did, did they both plead not guilty, did you say? Yes, Eddie pleaded uh, guilty to you know, lesser charges to do with the mistreatment but pleaded not guilty to the murder and manslaughter while Tanya pleaded not guilty to um, all of the charges. There were five altogether, you know, three mistreatment, one and, and murder and manslaughter. Did she accept any culpability? She had, with the interviews with the police, um, she also, when asked why she hadn't taken any action to help Delcilia and get treatment for, for, you know, what were quite apparent injuries to her, um, you know, she told the police that she, you know, was had been mistreated by Eddie and that Eddie you know, beat her and she was scared that she'd get beatings by Eddie if she sought any help from Dalcelia. She'd also told the police that, let's come back to me now, this part of it, she had gone to the party with Eddie because Eddie had threatened to waste her with a steel bar if she didn't go to the party with him. But that came, um, as far as the jury was concerned in the trial, crashing down on the very last day of the case when somebody who um, I recall was at the party um, went along to Eddie's lawyer, Christopher Harder, with a videotape of the party. And that was played um, right at the very end of the trial. The, the lawyers had been giving their summing up, but this was regarded as dramatic new evidence, this video of the party. And so that was played to the jury on the, you know, the very end of the trial. And it was quite a long video and it showed a very happy 
Tanya and a very happy Eddie, you know, liaising with each other, having fun with each other and all the other people at the party, just having a generally good time. And, and Tanya didn't appear in the video to be scared at all. And coming right at the very end of a very long trial, you know, that was the, you know, the very dramatic, you know, evidence on the last day that I think really swayed the jury into the, the, the interesting verdicts that they gave. Why did that evidence come so late in the trial? It was just that somebody who, we're talking a few years ago now, um, but had been at that party and had um, not believed the evidence that Tanya had given about being going to the party because she was scared of being beaten. The video had shown that she was quite happy there, so she went to Eddie's, Eddie's lawyer, Eddie's trial lawyer, um, who you know, took the um, video to the to the prosecutor, and 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 it was played to the jury at the last day because it was regarded as being so important. And what about Eddie Smith? Did he admit uh, his behaviour and all of this? No, he pleaded guilty to uh, the mistreatment of Dalcelia, but he denied that he had caused the very serious injuries that led to Dalcelia dying and said that Tanya had caused those. Tanya said that um, Eddie had caused those and that the my, more minor mistreatment that she had taken part in and the failure to get help for Dalcelia was because she was afraid of Eddie. I think that the jury were, you know, they, they couldn't tell who to believe with each side equally blaming the other and so they found both of them guilty of manslaughter. As you said, David, you read the diary cover to cover. What else came out in that diary about their relationship to each other uh, and just how they were as people? Tanya um, exhibited quite a bit of affection in the diary for Eddie. It was also quite clear you know, that, he, that, that he would beat her up. He had quite a temper. The first beating he gave her was in her diary about two weeks after they'd met. You know, it was one of these relationships where she really seemed to be deeply fond of him and he would get into a rage from time to time, not, not, not daily, but, but regularly, and, and, and beat her. And yet then the next page would be, you know, how wonderful it was, um, you know, being with him. Um, a, a very large number of the entries are about the, you know, what she described as her, her great sex life with Eddie. It was... Um, you know, there's very graphic sections in, in the diary about that and other things about, you know, it was, you know, the parties that they went to and going out shopping and buying him new clothes. And so it, it seemed like, um, you know, one of these very sad relationships of, you know, young people from disadvantaged background, you know, getting into a violent relationship, having a child that they're not really equipped to you know, care for and it just sort of went downhill. What was his background, Eddie Smith's? Eddie was um, you know, sort of, he'd, he'd driven trucks and things like that. He, he had um, had always been in work. He, he'd been a salesperson of some kind. Um, he apparently had the, you know, the, what used to be called the gift of the gab for, for, for selling things. It was you know, quite an ordinary kind of background, but both he and Tanya seemed to be, you know, hard-working people. They'd, they'd saved enough money to, in about 19... So not, not that long after they met, they'd had enough money for a deposit on a house. And so they'd been able to buy, buy a house in, in, in Auckland. So 
you know, they, they, they had that sort of commitment to each other. They had a child together, and at the very time of Dalsilia dying, um, Tanya was very pregnant with the second child by him. And what did the jury find? Well, the jury found them both um, guilty of manslaughter. I think from all my looking at why is that because of the way they had blamed each other and both had very eloquent lawyers. Um, Tanya had um, Frank Hogan, um, Eddie had you know, Chris Harder. They were both very well-known lawyers in Auckland. They were always in the media. They were um, you know, exceptionally good lawyers who worked very hard for their clients. And the jury could see that both of them were involved in Dalcelia's death. They weren't prepared to say that one or the other had you know, committed murder, so they found them both guilty of manslaughter. And um, what was the sentence for them? Well, this was the very interesting thing. The, the judge who heard the trial, he, he then died. And um, so another judge, Justice Henry, who was a very experienced Auckland judge, um, did the sentencing. And he'd obviously had to read through the whole transcript of the trial and, and, and so on to be able to then give a sentence in a case that he hadn't heard. Um, he said that it was one of the most wicked pieces of child abuse that you know, had ever ever been there and that the sentence had to reflect that. Um, he gave what I described at the time as, as, as a clever sentence. Um, with manslaughter, you don't necessarily have to go to jail and you can get a sentence up to um, a life imprisonment for it. It, it depends on you know, the degree of, of, of the manslaughter. This judge sentenced them both to 16 years jail which I thought was a very significant figure because at the time, anybody who was sentenced to life for murder, the normal parole period back then in 1990 was 10 years in jail. And so with the manslaughter sentence, they were automatically able to get parole after two-thirds of the sentence. And so the 16-year sentence meant that they, they, was, they were effectively sentenced to 10 years in jail, which is the same time they would have been in jail for if they'd been found guilty of murder in, in 1990. So I thought that was the judge making a statement himself that he thought that they were both um, you know, guilty of, of, of murder by giving them a sentence that equated to that. Well, thanks for listening to Crimes NZ, hosted by me, Jesse Mulligan. There are plenty more back episodes of this series on the RNZ website, rnz.co.nz, and it's on Spotify, iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts, along with all RNZ's great podcasts. You can check out the new season of the Aotearoa History Show there. It looks at a variety of events that have shaped our nation, from pandemics to gold rushes. Thanks for listening. 